Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, could trouble be on the horizon for Disney Plus? Who should you trust for word of mouth on the latest movies? And we say goodbye to a basketball legend. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos welcome to the pop culture cosmos and we are back once again with the pop culture cosmos it's gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos game source and of course the lakers fast break thank you so much for listening to all of our shows and especially those out there who got a chance to Watch our video that we posted earlier today on the Facebook page for Pop Culture Cosmos. Myself and TJ Johnson talking for an hour about the passing of Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest to ever play the game of basketball. So we're also going to play a little bit of that later on in the program on the back end of the show for you. But if you want to get see the whole thing, check it out today on the Lakers Fast Break Pop Culture Cosmos Inside Sports Facebook pages. Then you'll also see another interview coming up tomorrow with myself and Laker Tom of Lakerholics.net as well. Well, it, it's not the best of days for me, but we're going to try and push through it. And here with me is my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. No taglines today, no uh, messing around today, my friend. I'm just going to try and get through it as best I can. I know a lot of people still want updates on pop culture, so we're going to go ahead and do the best we can to give it to you. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. It's a rough day for all of Southern California down there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, where everyone's in mourning. You know, my Facebook feed was kind of just filled with Kobe things. And a lot of people, like, grew up, you know, they grew up with him. A lot of, especially people my age, right? We had that, you know, the Lakers' first uh, NBA championship. And then that whole, that epic series where they played the Sacramento Kings. Like, that was just a, a time, you know, I remember I had a Kobe Bryant jersey. All my friends were in Kobe jerseys. And like I, I have a bunch of Kobe jersey cards, and the, like I was always super stoked to have those. But yeah, you can feel it's got this ripple effect. And uh, and you know, I was talking to our friend Charles from Inside Sports today, and he was saying that you know it's just it was kind of a a chilling time for this to happen because if you think about it, like he had just uh, LeBron James had just uh, beat his record yesterday, passed him to become the third all time on the scoring list. Yep. Right. And, you know, the, the Grammys are happening tonight. So you have a bunch of celebrities coming together. But, you know, the, the big thing is tomorrow is the Lakers versus Clippers, you know, and on, all Tuesday. Of, Tuesday. on Tuesday. Yeah. All the, the L.A. teams are coming together. And like, it's just a, a chilling time that that would happen right before that, because, you know, that that was uh, everyone will be in the same place to kind of mourn Kobe Bryant, you know, and if anything, what this goes to show is that like, it, it can happen to anyone, man, you know, like it, you never know, like when your number is going to be called. And it's just it's sad to know that Kobe Bryant's uh, number was called, but also his that of his his daughter, too. Like, it's just it's, you know, the it who could have known that this was going to happen. Exactly. And seven other individuals as well involved in that terrible helicopter crash. And our thoughts from the pop culture cosmos game source and, of course, the Lakers fast break are with all of them. To them and their families, we say just our heartfelt condolences. And Kobe will never be forgotten in our hearts. We're going to try and get through this episode as best we can. Once again, on the back end of the show, TJ Johnson and I will be playing a segment from that full broadcast we had on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. So we'll be doing that later in the program. Before that, Amit Vagela of PA. We'll also have the folks at Audio Technica and also... Alltech Lansing as well. They're going to be stopping by interviews that I did with them at CES in regards to all the great stuff that they have with their headphones and earbuds and all the good stuff that's coming from them. 
So can't wait to go ahead and hear those interviews that I went and did with them at CES 2020. But before we get to the stuff out there on the back end, and again, please bear with me. It's been a rough day as someone who's a diehard Lakers fan who was born right down the street from the Los Angeles Forum where the Lakers used to play for many years. So it's been a hard day for me. I'm going to try and get, again, through it as best I can. So I know it's come to your my attention in regards to some of the issues Disney Plus has had. And I think a lot of it came to light, started to come to light as far as the situation going on with the Hawkeye series, but mainly with Obi-Wan series, which had for, you know, it looked like everything was a go, everything was good with it. But all of a sudden, you know, you hear these rumblings that they're not liking the scripts after Kathleen Kennedy, the head of Star Wars, said, well, the scripts are done. It's going to go into production later this year and everything was going to be great. And Ian McGregor himself had said that he liked the scripts. Everything was good. Everything was hunky-dory. All of a sudden, the scripts are not okay, and it's now been pushed back to January. It had not been canceled. It is still, as of this point in time, still part of the rotation. But it's kind of concerning overall. That brings a bigger picture light because we're now in this kind of, I don't know, dark time when it comes to new content from Disney+. Plus. I mean, the next real content coming to Disney Plus is Star Wars, The Clone Wars, coming later in February, which is, to me, kind of troubling. I mean, you have this vast library of Disney uh, movies and television shows and specials and documentaries and things of that nature from Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, Fox, and the whole nine yards. But the thing is also, as well, it's all previously done. There's not that much in the way of new content outside of Jeff Goldblum and The Mandalorian and a little bit more beyond that. But now that that's all no longer fresh and new, it kind of like brings out this issue where there's not much coming in that's new. And when we're in a situation where there's so many other different streaming markets that you can choose from that all have new content coming in, it's kind of hard to say, hey, Disney Plus, I'm sticking with you all the way through at this point in time. You know, I have two thoughts on this one. Disney, I, I'm wondering if they were planning on, uh, you know, while they push this content out, while they're, you know, filming Star Wars, Marvel shows, whatever it might be, they were hoping that it would take a long time for people to kind of eat away at the the vast catalog that they have of things already made and up on Disney+. And then also, you know, with these Disney and Marvel shows, like Disney's kind of shooting themselves in the foot, so to speak, by you know, making, putting things into production so fast. Like, I feel like there are pieces missing, you know, and uh, with the Hawkeye thing, I'm pretty sure that's revolving around Jeremy Renner's, um, you know, ordeal. But with the Star Wars thing, like you're, there's a lot of moving pieces there. And I feel like if, you know, Kathleen Kennedy saying, oh, the scripts are done. I, you know, I'm wondering if she even read the scripts. Did who, Whoever was, uh, you know, supposed to be in charge of that or, you know, the studio heads, did they even read the scripts? They're saying the scripts are done. Let's get things going. And that was back goes back to that thing where, you know, even the actors in Star Wars Rise of Rise of Skywalker were saying that they were tired of Star Wars feeling like it was being pumped out of a machine. And I think that was kind of the attitude going forward with the Obi-Wan series. So maybe, you know, Ian McGregor has come out and said, you know, we're on track to be released when we we're supposed to be released. Just the production got pushed back. That's going to cause them to feel even more rushed. But I'm curious if like anyone even read the scripts outside the original writers. Because Kathleen Kennedy had previously been quoted as saying that the scripts were there, scripts were ready. And all of a sudden now they're not so ready. So I don't get it. Uh, I just, it was a reread issue that something came up, something, you know, something went awry. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It just it smells kind of fishy and it smells more to the constant chaos that's going on with Star Wars that you're seeing now. It kind of reminds me of what we used to see all the time not so long ago with DC, where there was just constant chaos in the upper management area as far as the direction and everything of that nature. And we've seen in recent times this happen now with Star Wars in, you know, of course, The Last Jedi, the polarizing opinions there. The numbers are dwindling down to where Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is now just over the $1 billion mark when you consider what The Force Awakens did, more than, almost doubling its numbers, which is just, it's kind of concerning if you're, you're a Disney fan, and it's kind of obviously concerning if you're Bob Iger sitting at Disney right now and seeing this 
I don't want to say controlled chaos, but it is chaos right now going on with Star Wars and all this disarray of stuff right there for you. With Hawkeye and the Jeremy Renner situation, that's kind of a lot, my maybe a legal issue that they might attend to, my, maybe like a black eye that Marvel doesn't want to go ahead and enter. But all in all, just tells me, it, to me, it just brought out a bigger picture of the fact that there's nothing right now. I mean, we pick on Apple all the time about the lack of content that they have that they started a network with. And with us, it was like that, okay, Disney's going to throw out all this stuff out of the vault at you, but it seemed to me like a security blanket. And when you open up the blanket, you don't find much underneath that's new and fresh. So that's the problem right now. What I have is after you've been through all the stuff with Disney, the vault, and you see all the stuff that you've seen before, or maybe you know revisiting and whatnot, the great memories and whatnot that everybody was talking about in the first month that they were watching it, now, all of a sudden, you have this dead month of January and most of February where you don't really have any, anything new that's going to capture you as a Disney Plus viewer. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Do you think there's also – this feels even worse because they have – they can not – will have – they have and continue to make announcements about all this new content coming – we got shows we're redoing Home Alone, we're redoing the Mighty Ducks, we got all this really cool stuff. We got Star Wars and Marvel and yada yada, all this stuff coming out, and they still have not, you know, it, it's it released um back in uh, November, and we still have only gotten the Mandalorian. So do you think you know they're they're overplaying what's coming out? And that's one of the reasons that people are so turned off by this idea of Obi-Wan being pushed back or whatever issues they're having with it. I just think there's a, a, an issue of planning and whoever planned this out didn't plan it properly. And all these things that they're gearing towards to, you know, and they're, they're become so reliant on the, whatever Marvel's going to produce and whatever Star Wars is going to produce. But that's coming up later this year at the earliest when you see WandaVision coming out later this year. But Hawkeye's been bumped back. Now you're talking about Obi-Wan been bumped back. I think there's an issue of the fact that somebody didn't plan this out properly they should have been having these discussions. They should have been do, taking care of these things two years ago instead of now. You, you have this start that you have, this tremendous start that you got with all these subscribers and all these viewers that are now watching what you have to offer, but you don't have much new to offer. And, and that's the problem. You have this base and foundation that we always talk about, like Netflix had with Friends and The Office and all that. And that's great for the everyday or I'm going to check it out once in a while type of you. But the key to what keeps Netflix going is they throw new content out at you all the time. And whatever sticks, sticks. That's why they continue to have 150 million viewers is because they're always throwing out fresh content. And they're now even going to spend, I think, up to, what, $4 billion more on new content this year, I just it's actually just some gaudy number that they come out there even more so than they did last year with new content. And that's to me the issue that I have is they're throwing all this new content out and Disney, the company that is, wasn't prepared enough to have new content coming out each and every month right now so you can steal away these viewers while you have their attention. I agree with you. I agree on 100%. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> uh, but the I, I i love the model that netflix has right when they're just pumping out content either it sticks or it doesn't people still watch it though good or bad they'll watch it right because i'm paying 12 dollars a month i might as well watch something that's awful because i have the luxury of it right i'm not paying extra for this disney well they have a cheaper price point i i think that for them the standard is too high i don't think they have the luxury of putting out things that aren't good so the pressure's really on, and that might be, you know, a uh, a thorn in their foot because that's just their they don't have the luxury of like failing at something, especially something having to do with the Star Wars or Marvel properties. That maybe they're setting the standards too high. I don't know, but I think failure is, at least to them, it's it's not an option, right? They don't have the vast array of original content that Netflix or Hulu even has, so or you know HBO or whatever streaming service you're using they don't have the vast array of content their content is all linked it seems for the most part to existing properties and if one of those does well not only is it going to endanger their subscriptions it's also going to endanger how these properties perform at the higher level in the movie theaters 
you got to be patient if you're a Disney Plus viewer, because if you're looking for new content, you're not going to find much until the back end of 2020. And 2021 is going to be a great year, but you're going to be seeing a lot of people canceling their Disney Plus subscriptions until then, just because of the fact that if there's no new content coming out, they can see all these Disney favorites later when there finally is some new content coming out, hopefully by 2021 when it comes to Disney Plus. What are your thoughts out there on Disney Plus? Are you still happy as a subscriber? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Before we head to all these great interviews coming up, I did want to go ahead and touch on with you, Josh. You had some pointed things to say on social media again this week in regards to critical nature and how we perceive movies. In fact, you messaged me on it during the course of time. You wanted to understand more what I look at when I evaluate movies and understand what's going on. And you've been critical of the critical process before, and you even wrote about it at one point in time in your review of the arrival, if I'm not mistaken, in regards to it. So check that out at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. But, uh, you know, I know there's a different ways that people go ahead and judge whether or not they're going to go ahead and check out a movie because it is such an investment these days. It's so expensive to go. So you are selective, you know, in what movies you want to go see. But I want to hear your thoughts on it first off, because you had such pointed things to say and I'll, Go ahead and and let you know or give you a little bit more insight on what I look into in, in regards to what I evaluate when it comes to going ahead and checking out what movies I want to go see, what movies I might want to stay away from. Yes. By the way, my apologies, man. I wasn't going after you. I was trying to understand like where you got your, you know, where what you look for it when you're. Uh, you go after me all the time. It's okay. I'm not. <laughs> you know, it's all right. No, no, no all... Worries. no. I, I didn't take it anyway like that. No. Okay. All right. So this all kind of started, you know, and I was, I shouldn't have done this, right? I'm really dying to go see the gentleman. I was trying to find out what critics were saying about it. And it's kind of took me down a rabbit hole of like, you know, audience perception on Rotten Tomatoes says 90%, right? Whereas, uh, you know, you're saying that critics are bashing it, but on Rotten Tomato, it also said that it had like, what, a 71% or uh, maybe yeah, 71%. And that's the thing, Rotten Tomatoes, people have to understand Rotten Tomatoes is not saying critics are giving it a 7.1 out of 10 as a median average. They're saying 71% of the, the people who reviewed it or the reviews that they take from are giving it a positive score and positive score may mean 5.1 and above. So they may be giving a mediocre score, but they're still calling it a positive score. Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of important in itself though, too. Like if they liked it, even it doesn't have to be like a 10 out of 10. But that's right. why, that's why I told you I use Metacritic because Metacritic for me, the average median score yeah. of whatever it is. So let's say you and I were, were actually employed newspaper critics for, for example and you gave it a 10 and i gave something a zero then the median score off of metacritic would be five but then for you also as well if you looked at rotten tomatoes it would be 50 percent because there would be two reviewers one of them gave a positive score one one of them gave a negative score so it, it's so hard to ascertain as far as what score that they give it as a as a overall average median score yeah well i mean even on metacritic like they're I, I'm okay. I like Metacritic, you know, that it's they movies are doing okay there. But the thing is, with like if these movies aren't getting like in the 90s, you know, in their Metacritic ratings, they just they get bashed, you know, and it's like it kind of breaks my heart, man, because like I'm looking at it this way, you know, I I personally like I trust audience reviews more than I do, you know, critic reviews because as I've stated before, like the critics are they have a checklist right they have a thing they go in there you know especially like millennials you know people my age going into review films they have a a checklist of things you know it has to meet a certain amount of requirements it has to have some kind of social message it has to be a certain uh, number of characters of this skin color and this skin color and this sexual orientation yada 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 and we've lost those days where a film can just be a film it can just exist and be a film 
it kind of breaks my heart because I'm looking at this at Martin Scorsese, right? He's going after Marvel saying Marvel, these big franchises are destroying the film industry. So are the critics, right? Movies just can't just be movies anymore. There's so many things. If you don't have these things, you get bashed by them. There is a box, you know, there is a box. You have to check the boxes to get good critic reviews. And if you don't, people won't go to see the movie. And in, a, in an era where people are rarely leaving their their houses anymore to go see films, this is devastating. You know, this is if you get bad reviews by a film by film critics, you are you're killing theater revenue. You know, it's just back in the day, back in you know the 90s film reviews, they were a little more lenient. You know, they were is either a good movie or is a bad movie. They didn't like sit there and go after the filmmaker or go after the morals of the film or go after uh anything that they didn't think fit their their social boxes that need to be checked off. I'm sorry I'm ranting right now, but I just I feel like the, the critic culture is a danger to the to the film industry, you know, especially since we're in 2020 and you have all these standards that uh, allegedly make a good film and we just can't have a movie be a movie anymore. And that kind of bums me out. Well, I don't blame you for ranting, my friend, but there is no perfect way to do it, whether it's Metacritic, whether it's Rotten Tomatoes, even when it comes to cinema score, which I look at a lot and even that has issues because you have a movie like Uncut Gems that was given a C plus. You give a movie like, for instance, 1917, which is up for the Oscar, and many people are calling it the, the favorite to win the Oscar. That got an A minus. And that, you know, A minus is very good, but it's not something that is going to really stand out because there are a lot of movies that get an A from Cinema Score. For instance, like Bad Boys for Life, that got an A Cinema Score from the audiences. And there's also movies every now and then are going to get an A plus, like Just Mercy, that got an A plus. And then you have other movies that get an F, which still do well. And then there's other movies like The Turning, which just came out this weekend, that got an F. And you know that's not going to do well. So it's very hard to figure out exactly what movies are going to do well, what movies getting good word of mouth. I personally have a hard time trusting on those sites the user review scores because the user review scores could be tainted as well. Because as we've seen with controversies in recent past, where you have individuals out there getting people together to go ahead and spike bomb the user review scores on some of these movies. Like for instance, Captain Marvel, they did that ahead of time before the movie even came out. So it's really hard to ascertain which ones, you know, are good, which ones movies are, are going to be bad, which movies are, are really getting a good feel by you just basically a lot of it has to come to word of mouth with people, you know, and you trust. I think that's what it comes down to. I think that's the thing. When it comes to us, we come, it comes from the heart when we talk about it. We don't have a certain box and agendas that we go by. I just go, was this movie good? Was this movie entertaining to me? Was this something I can tell with confidence people out there that, hey, I think this is something you really should see? I tell you straight up. I, I don't have any agenda or things like that. It is what it is. It's good or not. And that's what we do with our reviews. You know, Our reviews are like, if it, we tell you if it's good, if it's not good, there you go. Simple as that. Right. You know, and... And I've I've always prided myself on watching movies objectively, right? Because I love movies. I just I like watching them just for the sake of what they are, you know. And I appreciate the the time and effort that goes into it, no matter what kind of movie it is, you know. And I don't blame the aggregate sites at all. There's just they're just a, an entity, and they collect all the reviews around the uh, around the web. What I do think needs to happen is just there needs to be an overhaul of how movies are reviewed movies are meant to be fun you know they're meant to be things that provide you with escape not thing like a lot of these movies if they don't keep you grounded in real world issues it, they're not good movies and i think that needs to change because that's contradicting to what movies are supposed to be you know unless it's specifically meant to be an art piece which a movie like the gentleman or frozen 2 or it chapter 2 is not supposed to be needs to be held to the standard of simply being something that entertains people and not something that has some kind of message that needs to be delivered. We're going to have to touch on this at some point in time. Again, if you're not sure about a movie, do your research, but not just online, not just Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, or any of these outlets that you go to, even us. Talk to your friends. Ask them if it was a good movie, because sometimes, even when it comes to us, sometimes your friends and the people you trust and love know that maybe it's something for you more than we do at the pop culture cosmos although listen to us anyways please please my friend it's been a rough day like i said but i appreciate you joining me on it i know you wanted to talk some star wars fallen order 
He just finished it. I know TJ Johnson also finished it, and he had great things to say about it. Just word of mouth here, but what were your thoughts on Star Wars Fallen Order? I loved it. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. I was not a huge fan of Rise of the Skywalker, so I was just kind of, you know, eh on Star Wars. But like this, this pulled me like I was I was falling into the nothingness away from Star Wars. And then this one, this game, like threw me a rope and allowed me to pull myself back in. It is it's just a great game, man. It's like it's got all the the mechanics of a an, an action adventure game, right? You have your lightsaber battles. You've got those mechanics where you're climbing along the walls, you're swinging from ropes, you're doing flips. Like I love that they brought back the the double jump and the uh, lightsaber throwing. Like that's something I haven't seen since uh, Jedi Power Battles back on the PlayStation. I am obsessed with that type of gameplay and it it has a story, man. It has a story that really just it pulls you in. It makes you, this is the first time in a long time that I have not wanted to put the controller down. I've just wanted to play it from start to finish, which, you know, unfortunately I don't have the time to do anymore, but it is truly gripping, you know, it's emotional. And like, it tells a story of, uh, you know, of a Jedi who is not bound by the code of the Jedi anymore, just because they're not around anymore. You know, this takes place after revenge of the Sith and right before uh, the rogue one or, or new hope, whatever movie you want to place it in. But it tells the story of Cal Cassis, who he's been hiding out on the planet Braca, uh, working as someone who's mining parts from the fallen Death Stars for the Empire so they can make new ships. And they have these, uh, this squad of people going around trying to find any Jedi that might have escaped. And they were also former Jedi or Padawans, but they became Inquisitors for the Empire. And so you're trying to find this cube that allegedly tells you the location of all the Force-sensitive children all over the galaxy you know you have to go to all these tombs of this this race that's not around anymore to find out why or where all these force sensitive children are because this was the first civilization to use the force so they have like a you can locate you know they made a device that locates everyone that uses the force so you're, you're the whole game you're just exploring tombs you can go to Kashyyyk you go to Dothamir where the uh you know where Darth Maul is from you get a lot of Star Wars mythology. You know, it's got some great voice acting. Uh, Liam McIntyre from Spartacus is in there and you fight him. But it's just it's it's a really great game. You know, in the ending, you I don't want to spoil anything, but you do see a familiar face. And now that this is canon, it makes me into it. You know, it makes me want to know what happens to Cal Cassis. You know, obviously he has encounters with major Star Wars characters. So are we going to see him pop up in a movie eventually? What's going to happen here? Because they've created a character that I actually care about for the first time since Return of the Jedi. So, you know, lightsaber battles are great. The uh, the mechanics are great. The The progression system is easy to understand, easy to do. And if the game, if you're not looking for something to challenge, you're more into the story, you can switch it to story mode. And it's got a pretty easy melee system where you just swing your lightsaber and dodge. I can't say enough good things about this game. You know, I, I don't know if I'd give it like a 10 out of 10, but it's definitely a nine, you know, if not a 9.5 on my list. Well, there you go, my friend. Everybody I know who has played it, and this comes back to what we were talking about, Culture. Everybody I've spoken to about it has said great things about Star Wars Fallen Order. It just comes down to the fact that they're doing all the things after the release that they should have done before and the hype train and all that. I think... There should have been more good word of mouth before. I hope the sales for it were very strong. I th- I think they are. They're pretty good for it. Most reports that I've seen have, have said it's sold well. I just wonder what if, man. Remember we were talking, we devoted part of an episode to this as far as the delayed structure of the reviews and also as well where, where reviews are really important when it comes to video games. And then also holding it out from the EA Access people as well. That was Kind of a slip up on their part, I think. And it came out of the gates a little rough, but it looks like it's more than made up with it with a lot of fans. So I'm hoping for the best when it comes to Star Wars Fallen Order that it does sell well. Maybe we'll see a sequel. Maybe this will be generated into a TV series or movie. You never know. Hopefully that'll happen and we'll get more of an extension of that universe when it comes to Star Wars Fallen Order. What are your thoughts out there on Star Wars Fallen Order? Please share us your thoughts when you can. At Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, and also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, I just want to let you know we're going ahead right after the break and talking to Amit Vagila of Paw. And also as well, we're going to have the folks at Audio Technica 
And then right after that, Suzanne McDaniels of Altec Lansing. And then after that, some final thoughts from TJ Johnson, a voice from the underground and myself talking about the legendary Kobe Bryant. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. And we're back once again at CES 2020. I'm here at PAW. And I'll tell you what, what stopped me right here at the PAW booth was the incredible array of headphones that I see right now, both from their traditional over-the-ear wave sound line, and then also as well, their stylish, sleek, and a very, very stylish-looking silk sound line. And I wanted to hear about both because I'll tell you what, it's an impressive array. And here to talk with me today is Amit Bagela. Oh, sweet. I'm on a roll. I'm going to tell you what I mean. <laughs> I have been on a roll. There are some CSs that I do that I've just, uh, all the names I butcher. And this, this CS, yeah, every single one so far in all my interviews, I've been doing very well. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back yeah. real quick. But Amit, it's a, a pleasure to meet you. And I want to hear more about Paul, but also the personal side of it from you as well. How satisfying is it to be a part of this headphone space? Sure. Uh, Gerald, very nice to meet you and thank you very much for um, for coming out and spending time with us. Uh, I started PAW about four to five years ago. Um, started as a hobby on the side. I was working full-time in finance as a portfolio manager at a hedge fund uh, and wanted something to keep me occupied in the evenings. We launched this brand of headphones knowing where it was going to go. Uh, initially, we had tremendous success with our wave sound lines online, uh, selling primarily on Amazon. But then. As we started delving deeper into the business, we decided that we had to differentiate ourselves more to succeed. It's a very saturated market. We needed to do something different. So I sat down with my wife one day and I asked her, I said, honey, would you like a pair of headphones? You know, why don't you pick one from our lineup? She's like, I don't like anything you have. I said, well, why is that? She's like, it looks ugly. It's big. It's bulky. It doesn't fit into my bags. I said, okay, let's go to Best Buy. Let's go to Amazon. Why don't you find me a pair of headphones you like? We searched everywhere and she's like, nope, 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 nope. I don't like any of this. I want something that's very different. I said, okay, this is great. What do you want? So we sat down and we discussed for hours what she liked. And we came up with the idea of a headband headphone, which is our own unique patented design, um, which is called the Silk Sound. The headphone is designed to be slim, it's compact, it's portable, and it comes with a beautiful custom design case, which was made by the same factory that makes cases for a number of high-end headphone brands. Uh, and we've had tremendous success with it across all channels at where we sell. Now we also launched Silk Sound X, which is a sports version of it, which is sweatproof. It's much lighter, thinner, um, and you know, designed for. Some you said you had a retractable earbuds. That's correct. Yes, sorry. It has retractable earbuds. Worn as a headband with retractable earbuds, uh, which uh, can be worn by someone with an active lifestyle. And going further from that, we are now looking at other categories where we can add value, where we think that they've been either neglected by the mainstream brands or they're not, uh, you know, that's something that others are not thinking about. So we've launched a Bluetooth transmitter late last year, which is ideal for pairing with AirPods and other true wireless headphones. Now we all know how big true wireless is getting i'm sure gerald you've seen oh yeah hundreds of them uh, i've actually had the opportunity and to review quite a few of them right and there's there's a lot of brands out there and you told me first off it's such a crowded marketplace right and to differentiate yourself and find a niche that people will go and reach out for your product is truly it's a difficult task yes so we, we thought about this long and hard and we knew True Wireless was going to be big. We knew AirPods are dominating this market with 60-70% market share. I believe they sold about 300 million last year. We, But there is one Achilles heel with this product. If you are trying to connect any True Wireless headphone to a legacy system that doesn't have Bluetooth streaming, you can't. 
So if you're trying to use them with in-flight entertainment systems, with your gaming systems like Nintendo Switch, on a treadmill which has a TV on it, or even on an older TV, you cannot connect and watch, uh, uh, you know, stream audio with these headphones. So we came out with Wavecast, which is the most advanced portable Bluetooth transmitter in the world. It has uh, the ability to connect two headphones to it simultaneously. It has a range of 100 feet with clear uh, line of sight, but realistically you can probably get between 30 and 50 feet, which is still greater than any product that's out there right now. It has fast charging. It has uh, low latency support, APTX low latency support on both channels, which I don't think any other product has. Maybe one other product has it. Uh, it has fast charging where it can charge the Wavecast up completely in 30 minutes. And it has the ability to use the product as a Bluetooth transmitter when plugged into the computer for charging. It also has a battery monitor so you know at all times how much power you have. So we've just launched that product. It's, uh, you know, it's been very exciting for us. We've had a lot of interest in it. But then we're also coming out with something different. We're coming out with a pair of headphones which we can say has the longest playtime of any headphone in the world, 300 hours. Now, the, re the way it does it is you, we, we borrowed from the concept of true wireless, which is a case that charges the headphones. So currently, um, you know, given how many true wireless headphones out there, no one has really made headphones with cases that can recharge the headphones while it's stored. So the Wave Sound 4, which we're launching in Q2 of this year, uh, and we, we, you know, it was featured at, at CES, has 30 hours of play time from a single charge on the headphone and it can be recharged nine times uh, from the case itself. The case has fast charging, the headphones have fast charging, they have uh, Bluetooth 5.0 with amazing active noise cancelling that you know removes about 30 decibels of uh, unwanted sound. Uh, that's another product that we're launching this year as well. And then finally we're launching a bone conduction version of Silk Sound as well, where you know something a little differentiated. We we have a market um, has been asking us to come out with something like this and with bone conduction technology becoming more mainstream, people are more aware of what it does. So we're launching that this year as well. well it sounds like a successful line indeed, and you know you saw my eyes light up when you heard when I heard the words 300 hours uh, of achieving that status of playtime and as someone who uses over the heads a lot and you know yeah, I get I've, you know, 24 36 40 50 70 80 those numbers still you know I've seen approach and actually have tested out and reviewed and whatnot but to hear that number 300 is just truly uh, you know almost mind-boggling for, for anybody who uses headsets out there Yes, so what we wanted to do was we wanted to create a product which is great for everyone but it would be perfect for the road warriors. You don't have to worry about charging this product all the time. You know, uh, I have personally been flying around the country non-stop this year, um, you know, building this uh, brand up. and. I've had this issue myself. I've noticed other people having the same issue as you get to the head, uh, to the airport, you realize you've forgotten to charge your headphone. And then you're running around with a power plug in your hand looking for uh, where to charge your uh, headphones or your phone. We wanted people to avoid that. So if someone uses this product for 10 hours a day, you can still use it for a month without recharging it. So we really, you know, that, that was our goal with this. You know, we want you to have a product that you don't have to think about. Very nice indeed. And I'll tell you what, your entire line is very impressive. And I know there's going to be a lot of people asking for questions on exactly if they can find out more information. Where's the best place to go if they want to find out more about your awesome products from PAW? So they can uh, reach us through our website, which is www.mypawmypawww.com or by contacting us on sales at mypaw.com. And then they can also follow you on social media as well, I'm sure. That's correct. Our social media handles are mypaw on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll tell you what, it is again a pleasure to speak with you, Amit, here at CES 2020, just seeing your entire lineup. And I want to again thank you for being a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back at CES 2020. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you once again. I'm here at Audio Technica because I cannot go to CES without stopping by the, and seeing the awesome products at Audio Technica. And here today with me is Steve Savignu. Savignu? Yeah, Savignu. I'm pretty good so far, right? This CES is working out for me with the names on that. 
I'll tell you what, Steve, you've got a great lineup of gaming headsets and also microphones that can get the job for podcasters, streamers, and gamers alike. And as someone who has used extensively the 2500 in the past for ATR, actually there's a new model in hand, and also as well, I've used the G1X right on the end that you've got over there extensively. I love that thing. I'm going to tell you right now. Everybody that sees me on the video sees it extensively each and every time because I cannot say enough good things about the lightweight and the microphone. Just combination is just truly, truly great for podcasters. But you've got a great lineup over here all. I will back away and let you do the talking on all the great products you've got right here for gamers and podcasters and streamers from Audio Technica. Hi, I'm Steve Savanio, and we're talking about a couple of microphones. First one we have is the ATR 2100X USB. This is a dynamic microphone, it's an end address microphone, meaning you speak into the end of it, as opposed to a side address microphone, so you speak into the side of it. It's a new model for 2020, and we did we listened to the users. And one of the things on the previous model people complained about was the LED light on the back of the microphone was so bright. It literally lit the room up when you're trying to do your podcast or your stream. So we dimmed the LED, we went to a little bit subtler black finish. It has a USB-C output connector now. So now the USB-C is becoming the more standard connector. It comes with a cable that goes to USB-C to USB-C, and then one that goes from USB-C to USB-A. It is a dynamic microphone, which means it's designed to be worked close. So if you're streaming in a noisy environment, kind of like this trade show environment, Working closer to the microphone allows you to uh, minimize the pickup of background noise. And because it's a less sensitive microphone than the 2500 that we're going to talk about in a moment, it's going to minimize the pickup of that background noise. So if you're someplace where you've got the game sound that's playing back in your space and you're trying to stream on your Twitch channel, this microphone's going to allow you to make that voice cut through and minimize the pickup of that background noise. Now if you're doing a podcast with multiple people and you're using a mixer, another nice thing about the 2100 is it's got an XLR audio output. This is an analog audio output that allows you to use multiple microphones with a mixer. So if you're doing, a, say, a two or three person podcast, now everybody can have their own microphone and you can control them using your external mixer. And if you want to then go back and use it for your stream, simply plug in the USB connection and away you go. Like our other USB microphones, it has a headphone amplifier built into it. The headphone amplifier and control, control the audio output from your computer. Uh, so you now can plug your headphones right into the back of your microphone, eliminates another cable going into your computer. Next to the 2100X, we have the 2500. This is a redo of the 2500 that you've been using. And the main thing we did is we changed the finish, we dimmed the LED, and we also made the little buttons on the front a little bit less noisy. Has a headphone amplifier built in. It's an attractive looking microphone. And on both of these microphones, we improved this little desk stand. We made it a portable folding desk stand that I think is a little bit more robust than the previous desk stand that we had. Now the big difference between the 2100 and the 2500 is the 2500 is a side address studio style condenser microphone. So it's similar to the microphones you're gonna see in recording studios around the world. The thing about this microphone is it's more sensitive than the 2100. If you're streaming in a quiet environment, if you're podcasting in a quiet environment, you can work the microphone further away. So maybe you're doing a demonstration, a video podcast, for example, and you need to have your hands doing something. You can be further away from that microphone, it's still gonna pick you up. The downside is if you're in a really noisy environment, like this trade show, it's gonna pick up all that background noise as well. So you've got both options. If you're doing a podcast in a quiet environment, 2500 is a great choice. If you're doing a podcast in a noisier environment, you want to work the mic closer, the ATR2100X is a better way to go. <laughs> Moving down the line, if you're an M50 fan, and there's a lot of people that are M50 fans, they love the M50 headphone. And they say, you know, I'd love to use my M50 headphones for gaming or for streaming. Boy, I wish we had a boom microphone for that. Well, we do. We have an accessory that attaches to the M50 headphones. And that accessory is called the ATGM2. And basically it's a small adhesive pad that you stick to your ear cup, and then the microphone clips to that pad and it's a separate cable back down to your device. This way you can use your M50s and get the audio quality that you've known and loved with your M50s, and now you've got a boom microphone. You want to take the headphones out of the field and just listen to music? The microphone literally unclips from the bracket and there's a little small attachment nub that stays on the ear cup. It's pretty discreet. Now let's talk about gaming headsets. A lot of guys say, you know, I'd love to go wireless with gaming, but if you're doing 
a multi-person game where you're dealing with uh, a character that you're watching the lips move while you're playing, the problem with any Bluetooth wireless headphone is there's something called latency. And latency is the delay caused by the audio going through the conversion processes and into the Bluetooth process and then being converted back into audio at the headset. With the ATH G1WL, this is a 2.4 gigahertz wireless headphone. It uses the same technology that we use in some of our 2.4 gigahertz wireless microphones that has an extremely low latency. It's got a USB dongle that plugs into your computer and it allows you to be wireless in your gaming situation, both with the microphone and the headphones. It's based on the M50 styling. Uh, it's got a very lightweight headband with a user-replaceable uh, headband pad and ear cups. And that's a new product for 2020. It's all part of our gaming line. If you can use a wire, you prefer a wire, we also offer the uh, ATH G1, which is the same headphones in a wired configuration. So now you've got a, a cable with your mute control and your volume control in line, and it's the same headset, same microphone. And of course, as you know, the classics are still in the line as well. So that's our gaming and podcast creation lineup here at CES 2020. I'm Steve Savanu with Audio Technica coming to you live from CES. I'll tell you what, Steve, it's a great lineup. And again, as someone who swears by this one right over here, the ADG1X, I'll tell you what, the lineup is great. The 2500 seems to be improved in all the right places and a lot of good things going forward for Audio Technica. I cannot thank you enough, Steve, for stopping by and allowing me to go ahead and you know, hear what's going on that's new with everything at Audio Technica. Thank you, Joe. It's good to talk. It's great to talk about products that are fun to use. Uh, that they are. That they are indeed. So everyone out there, where can they go for, to find out more information about all the great things that Audio Technica has? The best place to go is to our website. It's www.audio-technica.com. That's audio-technica.com. Thanks again, Steve, Thank for you. being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. All right, and we're back once again at CES 2020. I'm here at Altec Lansing. There's a lot of things that I see here at Altec Lansing that has impressed me greatly. And up here today with me is Susan McDaniels. She's gonna tell us all about what's going on with Altec Lansing. Susan, thank you so much for joining me right here on the show. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of things to see and hear when it comes to Altec Lansing. Yes, there definitely is. Thank you for having me today. We have some new um, active noise canceling headphones out there today. We have three different models. Uh, we have a Comfort Q series and we have a Whisper series. They feature active noise canceling technology, about 14 to 26 hours of battery life. We can say that you can travel the world on a single charge. They also feature USB-C quick charge technology, so if you ever need to charge up your speaker, uh, your headphones in a flash, you can. They also have cooling tech ear cups, so when you're listening on those long flights and your ears get a little hot and sweaty, they'll keep you nice and cool. And I know also as well, Altec Lansing reaches out into the home for even better home experience. What are some of the things that you offer consumers there? Sure, we have some everything-proof speakers, Bluetooth speakers. They are waterproof, dustproof, sandproof, shockproof. They even float in water. So if you are having a party at the house and you throw the speakers in the pool, they'll float. They range in about six hours to 30 hours, depending on the model. We also have two new models that feature a vertical um, proposition. So you can either have the speaker standing up vertically for a 360 omnidirectional sound, or you can have it horizontal and you can have a stereo sound. So we can say that you can play the music any way you like. They also feature USB-C quick charge technology as well. We also integrated some wireless charging. So if you're up with the times and you have a smartphone that has the wireless charging, you can place your phone right on top. Nice. You can pair 50 of them together wow. so you can have the ultimate party. And we have some lighting modes featured inside. So when you're playing the music, the uh, music can be in strobe to that. That's really impressive right there. And like you said, if you can pair 50 of them, oh my gosh, that's a party indeed. Now I know you're sold at retailers everywhere. That's a given. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Altic Lansing is just, it's all over the place. But if somebody wants to get more pinpoint 
information on, on a specific product, specific line, or what's coming up in the future from Altec Lansing, where do they go? You can go to www.altechlansing.com for more information. Huh? Fair enough indeed. Well, Susan, I just want to thank you so much for thank taking you. the time to speak to me. Uh, it's been a busy CES. I think I saw you briefly at, at Pepcom and, you know, and, and I know it was a rat race there <laughs> and uh, just seeing it was a little bit more calmer on the, you know, as we get into the latter stage of CES, but I do appreciate you taking the time to speak to me right here, telling me all the great things from Altec Lansing. Of course. Thank you for having me and thank you for stopping by. Oh, no worries. Just glad to be a part of it and to tell you what, just so great to see all the stuff from Altec Lansing right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hello, everyone. It's Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and the Lakers Fast Break. I wish I was here under better circumstances, but I'm sure as virtually everyone listening to this knows by now, we've lost someone great today. Kobe Bryant passed away in a helicopter crash along with his daughter, Gigi, Gianna, and as being reported and updated, nine people have perished in a helicopter crash outside of Los Angeles in, in Calabasas. And uh, here today to talk about it with me about the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, but also as well the life and, and what we want to remember from him. Uh, so a good man indeed. We were actually scheduled to go ahead and speak later today on other Lakers issues, but that's being swept under the rug for right now because more important things right now to talk about. But it is my good friend and fellow Lakers fan, Mr. T.J. Johnson. And uh, T.J., I, I wish we were here under better circumstances. <clears throat> um, I think that's a bit of an uh, understatement. Uh, this yeah. is truly hard. Yeah, I was prepared. I, I, I was ready. And I've been okay, you know, as a fan. And as a father to a a, a daughter, and uh, you know, as a as a father, as a husband, I pray for uh, the family, the Brian family. I pray for his wife. Um, I pray for strength at this time to not only have to um, bury a husband, but to have to bury a child. I can't imagine that pain. I can't imagine that hurt. I can't imagine that that term we're not even forget the, the the basketball aspect of it we're just talking about Kobe Bryant as a person you know five years removed from being retired eligible to uh go into the the hall of fame this year and he was really just starting to get going you know and it's right after retirement a lot of players tend to a lot of players tend to not know what they want to do how they want to do things how they want to move forward how they want to take on that next stage. And Kobe Bryant wasn't one of those. Kobe Bryant knew exactly what he wanted to do. He knew how he wanted to do it. And he knew exactly the way he wanted to go about getting it done. And he did exactly that. He took the same mantra, that same Mamba mentality that he kept on the basketball court. And he applied it to life after basketball, which a lot of players, be professional basketball, professional football, professional, any type of sport, haven't been able to do. And, um, you know, he was able to finally be a, a dad. Not that he wasn't a dad before, but when you're a professional athlete, you know, you're on the road and, you know, you miss things like birthdays. You miss things like, you know, Christmas, if you're playing on Christmas Day or, or things of that nature, you miss those type of events. And for him to have been able to, for the last four and a half going on five years, been able to be a dad and be able to be to Gianna's games and spend as much time with Gianna as he has been as far as cultivating her skill, cultivating her talent, cultivating her love for the game and allowing that to truly permeate to her as a father an incredible legacy he leaves behind just a truly tragic day for not only lakers fans but anybody that is is familiar with the game of basketball kobe has become synonymous with the nba winning the lakers you name it i mean you have very few individuals out there that have ever played the nba that are well known enough around the world that you can just say one name Yep. Just say one word, mm -hmm. and you, they know who instantly you're talking about when you say MJ, when you say Kobe, when you say Shaq. There's very few names out there that you can go ahead and drop, and people instantly know who you're talking about. And Kobe is one of those individuals. And, you know, he even congratulate him on winning an Academy Award. So he had not only that aspect of coaching his girls, but he had the aspect of his production company and the things that he wanted to do and create with that production company. So 
just so much left to give and it's yeah. just so tragic to see it all taken away but we still have so many fond memories of him and i think we should go ahead and remember those mm-hmm. and I, I know it's been a tough day for you and i it's uh, been a very tough day indeed and you know i know it's because of how much pain and sadness and loss that we have over this but we should still be thankful for everything yes. he gave to us as Laker fans and yes. also basketball fans around the world. Yes, absolutely. I know for, for me as a as a fan of the game, there's always going to be that measuring stick. And I think for me, it's always been Kobe. It's tough because it's like you're losing somebody very, very close to you. And it, it causes you to really almost look at your own mortality. If you look back and say, okay, hey, I need to make sure that my affairs are in order because if this was not proof enough that tomorrow is not promised to any of us, brother, I don't know what is. I really don't. So I, I thank you uh, for allowing us this opportunity. I thank you so much for having a heart to want to talk about it. Um, I thank you so much for for mourning with me. And I thank you so much for, for doing what you do. You know, I, I'm a I'm a fan of giving people their flowers while they're alive, not while they're passed on. So, brother, I love you. I thank you. I'm gonna really appreciate you. Really, really. Well, appreciate I appreciate you, it too, brother. man. You know, at first I wasn't sure if you're going to go ahead and on and uh, you know be able to do this, but uh, it's actually been very uh, helpful to me. So I cannot thank you enough for getting on. I know it was kind of rough and, and it was kind of touch and go, both of us coming mm-hmm. on to the air and to talk about this. But I think it's helped me in many ways having this conversation with people, with fellow Laker fans such as yourself. Man, I got nothing but love for you too, as well, my friend. I just appreciate you know everything that you've done for for our you know all of the shows and everything you've done as a friend and you know this is a bad time for a lot of people but you know we'll get through this together we will get through this together and and i know kobe he would probably first be the first one that you know if he could say anything right now he'd probably just slap all of us and just say snap out of it yep yep keep going you know life goes on meet the challenges head on and try to go ahead and be the best you can be and he would be the first one to say you know don't mourn try to do what you can to honor him by becoming the best individual that you could be. So that's, that, and that's what, you know, everybody should go ahead and try and do and, and take the examples of hard work and just basically just that type of, uh, you know, just competitive nature mm-hmm. uh, into everything that you do in life. And, and basically, like I said before, just so awesome to have been and so privileged to have seen him play. Yeah. And as a, as a father of two daughters, and knows exactly you know, what it's like to be a father of daughters and to see them grow up to become young ladies. And I have two right around age of, of Gianna. And uh, just I know I know how devastating it would be for me. And, you know, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers said it best, you know, when when as far as, uh, you know, no parents should have to, to bury their young and no parents mm-hmm. should also have to bury their their fellow parent. And it's just such a tragedy so overwhelming to a lot of people out there. And I know a lot of people are going through some grief out there, but you know, we can get through it together. We will, yeah. and, and we'll, we can move on and become better people. And, and remember the, everything that he gave to us. And, you know, if you need to reach out to us, we're here for you at Lakers fast break. Absolutely. TJ, Absolutely. myself, Laker, Tom, you can send us a message any point in time at Lakers fast break on Twitter, Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. Lakerholics.net. The conversations there, people are have been just talking nonstop in that forum. Uh, you know, I, I look at it now in the string and the thread at Lakerholics.net. It's just been tremendous the support that that's been given to Kobe and the support to each other. That's been overwhelming. So, I'm I'm hopeful that everybody can get through this and get the strength and find the strength to carry on and become better people because of it. Because we did lose a great individual today, along with eight other individuals who should also be fondly remembered. And all those individuals, the best thing we can do is to honor them by becoming and still maintaining the level of excellence that I know he would want us to achieve in life. So I just uh, I cannot thank Kobe enough for all the memories he gave. And again, to the Bryant family and to everyone involved in the accident, I just our hearts and prayers go out to them from all of us at the Lakers Fast Break. Amen. We got through it, my friend. Yes, we, got we did. Through it. And uh, I, I cannot thank everyone enough uh, for watching. I cannot thank everyone enough for being a part of this today. Uh, I hope everyone out there is sharing their thoughts with others and, and expressing their love and, and what's going on for Kobe. And 
also going ahead and just giving each other a hug. And, and like you said, yep. life is short. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen from the next day to the next. So, you know, you got people out there you want to tell you love them. Tell them you love them. That's right. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till tomorrow because you never know. You never absolutely you never know. Yeah. All right, my friend. Uh, when we talk next, we'll be talking hopefully about some some other things with the Lakers, but also I'm sure we'll be having more Kobe memories as well. But uh, I cannot thank you again enough for taking the time to speak to me yeah. today. And again, to all the fans out there, uh, I just wish you the best. You can always come and chat with us anytime you want. And and for everyone out there that needs some type of uh, help out there from all of us, you know, we're here for you at the Lakers Fast Break. We cannot say thank you enough, Kobe, for providing those memories to the Bryant family and everyone involved in today's accident. Our just our heartfelt memories and our prayers and our thoughts are with you from Pop Culture Cosmos at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Godspeed, Kobe. You're listening to Nerdlanta. Hey, what's up? This is Master Blazer and Walt Hitman from Atlanta Roller Derby. Hey, what's up? It's Mike. Brian. Eric. Eric. Hey, what's up? This is Catherine Barsonistas from the nerdy food blog, theglutinousgeek.com. Hey, this is Rory, a.k.a. Catlanta. It's Atlanta's only live nerdy podcast, available now on the ESO Network. Hey, that's pretty good. We are Nerd Atlanta. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.